Welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast presented by the Athens Limestone County Public Library. Each episode brings you into the library to meet our collection of people making an impact on the community of Athens and Limestone County, Alabama. So you are back on another episode of Between the Stacks. This is Jennifer Baxter. I'm the library director for Athens Limestone County Public Library, and I am here with Wayne Kirkendall. Kirkendall. I saw it, but I didn't know how to say it. Most people don't. Kirkendall. And you're here to tell us about the Athens Storytelling Festival. Correct. I just moved here 10 months ago, so I've heard of it, but I know absolutely nothing about it, so I'm glad you're here. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. (laughs) Um, If we go back to my childhood, what I remember in school, the most fun things we did, because we didn't have television, we didn't have cell phones, we we just, the talking is all we had. Mm -hmm. So my earliest recollection of fun at school was stories being read or stories being told. And I heard about the Storytelling Festival in Jonesboro, Tennessee, which is the national uh, festival. What it's about is bringing in people to tell their stories. Some of them are funny. Some are made up. But Donald Davis, which is probably the king of the men of storytellers, and Catherine Wyndham Tucker, who's now passed away, was the Alabama great storyteller. And she was a matron storyteller of the circuit of storytelling. There's over 300 festivals in the United States. Wow, I didn't know that. And unusually, in Athens, the unusual part of it is we bring our students for two days, our elementary students, and the legislatures have been kind enough to provide the money to pay for that. And this is the only place out of the 300 plus, and there's more than 300 now, that they come free, where most places the kids have to pay, and you know which kids don't get to go, are the kids probably that need it the most. They think they're having fun. As Donald Davis will say, they are having fun, but we're teaching them to learn to listen. And they can mostly, all of them, recite what they've heard because they're having fun doing it. And how are you involved in the Storytelling Festival? Myself, my wife, three other couples, I think, went to Jonesboro, to the National. Mm -hmm. So we went there and said, man, this is great. Because up there, the financial impact probably $10 million or more. Wow. It's the national. They've got a building there. They have year-round people coming in. And in East Tennessee, which is Tennessee Tech, I believe, in Cookville, they actually have a master's in storytelling. I didn't know that. Yeah. And one of the, I think it's the only university with a master's for storytelling. And most ministers or preachers, it would, it would do most of them good yeah. if they would go and learn, <laughs> learn how to tell a story. But anyway, we went there, and then we went to Cave Run, which is in uh, Moorhead, Kentucky. And I just grabbed three of the tellers outside the tent that wasn't telling. I said, what would it take to get y'all to come to Athens? And they held up their hand, money. <laughs> and that sort of planted the seed. We talked about it. Then I started calling them. And that year, which I think was 2007, we started it up. And um, the first two years, I think, we had money, I think it was charter. Communication had given mm-hmm. us like 60000 to put the festival on. That's awesome. And, and it's, the festival is quite expensive. And the reason we're not having it this year, I'll just explain that. We don't have a tent. Somebody told me that. <clears throat> That's crazy. Well, there's two reasons what I was told. The short of tents because of the refugees coming in, oh. hurricanes, and then they, the people that do have tents are short on labor. Wow. We could actually find one tent in Atlanta, but they wanted 20-something thousand to come bring it and... Of course, we couldn't afford to do that. Yeah. So the tent is kind of the 
said and that they all use because mm-hmm. it brings you close together. It's sort of a circus, I guess, type event where you feel like you're going somewhere. If it's in a building, it just doesn't seem the same. So you're basically the guy who started it all. Is that what you're well, saying? I, Charlie Hughes, Jim Hayes, uh, myself, that was the main three that came back to Athens, talked to people, and started saying, let's do this, yeah. and got some support. And like I say, the, that big financial support right. from Charter was the big kicker to help us. So you guys are a nonprofit, is that what Yes, yes. Okay. We're 401c3. Okay. And how much effort would you say that this takes y'all every year to get this accomplished? We thought we had a tent. You know, that's made it hard this year. Mm-hmm. But um, everybody now sort of knows what to do, so it's not as bad time-wise as it used to be. But this year it has been because of all the interruptions and um, last-minute trying to plan, yeah. and, and it's been kind of goofy this year. Yeah. But um, what people probably don't know, just that out there, that Carmen, Donald, Bill Harley, there's a couple more. There are uh, authors, and, and most of them are award-winning authors. They're probably here in this library. I know they're in the school libraries. Oh, wow. So when it's Children's Days, it's really great because they've actually seen the books. So it makes it, you know, a little bit special to them. Yeah, that is special. And this is what's been great is not only bringing the schools to the event, but now we got kids telling. Yeah. And that's the, that's the exciting part. And we have some really good uh, tellers this year from our schools. So that's that's a real plus. You that's know, cute. The biggest fear is public speaking. That's true. And if you can ever break that, you can do about anything. So <laughs> if kids that can you know, make their thoughts known and tell a good story and get up there in front of these peers, which sometimes <laughs> is tougher oh, yeah. to stand before, and to see that developing and getting better, it's, that's a, kind of a reward that we then want to see. Yeah. How long have y'all been involving that aspect where you have the kids tell the stories? I think this is the third or fourth year. So what does it look like for the kids who want to participate? How do they get to this point? Some of our librarians, they put the word out for the kids Mm -hmm. and say, would you like to participate? And then they go through standing there and telling some stories to say, you don't want to put some kid up there to get embarrassed. Yeah. So they try to pick the ones that can actually do it and Mm -hmm. do a good job of it. So we're kind of learning together, my staff and I, about storytelling and um we were wondering, why is it in the Alabama school curriculum? Like, what's up with that? It, it's not so much in the curriculum. It's just got several of the points in the curriculum that mesh with it. I think there's like 10 or 12, but it's just so important within the um, school systems. And the sad part to me is we're just bringing, I think, third through six. Mm-hmm. We used to bring them all, but, you know, that's the school system, and it's tough. I mean, they got to bus people here. When you get all these schools throughout the county trying to get it. So I understand why they don't. Right. But it would be advantageous, I think, if they did. Yeah. So I'm from South Mississippi, but I've never really heard of a storytelling festival until I got here in Athens. And so when I'm talking to you and you're telling me about how big it is, is it like a southern thing? Is it more of the southern? No, they're in uh, Utah. Donald will leave here and head to California. Oh, wow. He's literally gone all over the world. He goes That's to awesome. Alaska and in Europe. Um, it's a big venue, and there's several in Alabama. Okay. Uh, Florence, uh, Selma has one. Huntsville has one. But when you got 300-plus in 50 states. Um, That's a lot. Yeah. So do you feel like the action of telling a story 
And the kids listening to someone doing a storytelling is different than the kids maybe listening to somebody reading a story. Absolutely. Because when you're reading a story, you're usually looking down. And when you're telling a story, you're engaged. Mm -hmm. The eye contact, the, the, the body movements. I mean, I can listen to it on tape. It's not near as good. But then when Donald or Bill or one of these tellers get up there, and the animation that they give and the expressions, on it just changes it. So I think it's vital rather than reading. I mean, reading is great, yeah. but a verbal, an oral story just has much more engagement between the two. You, you, you feed off of what you see. Yeah. I mean, it just it changes everything. Mm-hmm. And reading just don't do that. Yeah. I'm definitely an in-person person, so I can feel that. Um, even when we had Zoom, you know, when the whole world shut down, yeah. it's, there's, it's like flat. You can't have that connection right. with somebody. If you want to slap somebody, you can't. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how is it going to look with it being virtual this year? I didn't get to see it last year. Is it just like a clip <clears throat> of them? Is it, it live? No, it's, a, it, it's, it's not live streamed. Okay. But the uh, virtual, they have filmed themselves or had someone to film them, and then Kate Chilloff from Mindboat puts mm-hmm. it all together, and then you buy a virtual ticket, and you play it when you want to. You don't have to sit there you know, straight gotcha. through. You can turn it on and off as long as you've got the code to get in. And I think it's going to run about three weeks. Okay. What do you, when you go visit a storytelling festival, what makes somebody the best one? What makes them a good storyteller? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> What cranks my tractor might not crank yours. I mean, it's, we've done a survey, especially with kids. Hmm. Who's your favorite teller? And it's it's never one. Some people like one for he's funny or story was. I remember something like that. So I, I don't know how you could categorize what makes one the best. Donald is considered one of the best based on the fact that he's been around long. He teaches. He will come into school systems and teach. He's just a phenomenal person. He was a Methodist minister for years, and then he went into storytelling. I guess they ran him out of church. I don't <laughs> <laughs> but his are true stories, and it will prompt your mind. It will take you back through your years and think of something sort of similar. Yeah. I'm like He tells the one about putting peas, English peas, in the hollow part of the kitchen table. And then when they moved, they all fell out, you know, where, where he had stuffed them <laughs> in there. And I think, I've done that. You know? <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to eat the English peas yeah. either. And so those kind of stories are great. Then Bill Epson, his is never true. His is all lies. In fact, he's a five-time <laughs> liar champion in uh, West Virginia. Wow. He was also a Methodist minister. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I think he was a minister before he was a liar. I'm not sure which way. <laughs> I guess in just listening to you talk about storytelling, I can kind of envision how there is this kind of shared sentiment between you and the storyteller, and they're giving you emotions and making you feel and connecting things. Exactly. It's like an experience. Yeah, it is, and you can't explain storytelling. So describing it is you just got to experience it to see, wow, that was really great. So do you guys bring the same storytellers every year? How do you find them? Well, Donald has been here every year. Bill Epp has been here every year but one. Andy Offit Irwin's been here more than half the time. Carmen Diddy's been here almost every year. Mm-hmm. Josh Goforth, we just discovered him three years ago at the National. When I walked in the tent and heard him, I said, we got to get him. So I walked straight to the cross and said, we got to get you in Athens. 
and he was a big hit because he just he's a great young man. He plays seventeen instruments. Wow. Been on television a lot. Uh, but anyway, um, there's just some tellers that don't fit us because they can get a little bit off color if they want to. And I think Andy Offit said it well one year. I said, "Now y'all just remember you're in the Bible Belt." Oh. And Andy says, "No, you're in the Bible Buckle." <laughs> <laughs> So that weeds out a few, yeah. not many, because most of them are you know, going to keep it clean because mm-hmm. that's a family event. Yeah. But, uh, so, I mean, when you're talking and they sound engaging and charismatic, what really makes them different from like a stand-up comedian? You know, stand-up comedian is a lot of one-line. Storytelling is, is a story. It's got a beginning. It's got a plot. It has, I mean, and Donald, he can really explain what a good story is, but... Um, and I've got my favorites. I won't say who they are, but I've got my favorites. And okay. uh, uh, Catherine Wyndham, I wish everybody could have seen her. Uh, she was in her 90s. Oh, wow. She was from Selma, Alabama. Unusual woman. It's kind of like Jackie Torrance that told the Uncle Rima stories. You, know, you can hear them on tape, but that's not the same. Yeah. We've had groups here, like the Dill Pickers, um, Three on a String. And I don't know why they call us Three on a String, because there's four of them. <laughs> They want to come back, and most people want to come back to Athens because we try to treat them well, and they feel like this is sort of like a home away from home because yeah. they just feel embraced. And I think that's one of the things by having the same people over and over, they've embraced the town, and the town people know them mm-hmm. now, and you know, it's just sort of a home to them. Mm-hmm. In fact, Donald scattered his late wife, Merle's ashes, around Athens three years ago, and Bill Epps, father-in-law's ashes were scattered on the courthouse. So, you know, it's, that's kind of neat. Yeah. You're really building a relationship with them yeah. and embracing them into Athens, like Absolutely. you said. Well, y'all have to be virtual this year, but maybe by next year you'll be... We've got a tent. You do? I've already ordered it. Good. <laughs> We're not going to wait. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. We're looking forward to this year's virtual festival, and we're looking forward to next year's in-person festival. And so by the time we talk next year, I'll be able to tell you what I think about storytelling. Absolutely. And I know what you're going to say. What? I loved it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you next year. Okay. Thank you. After we spoke with Wayne Kirkendall about the history of the Athens Storytelling Festival and this year's virtual event, we were fortunate enough to have Donald Davis come into our studio. He talked with us about how he got into storytelling and what he likes about the Athens Festival. So, in honor of the Storytelling Festival, we have, I've been told, the granddaddy of storytellers, Mr. Donald Davis. So, I'll let you tell us a little bit about who you are and maybe a little bit about storytelling. Well, I'm, I'm Donald Davis. I live in North Carolina, but I come uh, every year to Athens for the Athens Storytelling Festival. I've been here for all the festivals from the very, very beginning. And this is what I do. We travel and uh, tell stories. So uh, last year, we missed being everywhere because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And this year, things are gradually starting to open back up. Uh, by this time next year, we're counting on being here full scale. But I'm, I'm here anyway because <laughs> I couldn't <laughs> miss being in Athens this time of year. Okay, so tell us how you got involved in storytelling. Well, I grew up in the mountains of North Carolina. It was before television. M- many people didn't have cars. Um we would go visit at my grandparents' house. They didn't drive. They didn't have electricity or running water, but they had stories. I didn't know it was stories. I thought it was just visiting. And we'd sit on the porch, and we'd talk and talk and talk and talk. And some of the things were so interesting, I would go back to school and tell kids about them. 
and they would say, tell it again, you know, tell it again. And it, that just gradually grew, and I began to add my own stories to it. I never, ever thought of it as something you would actually do, uh, but people kept asking and kept asking, and as festivals began to be organized, then I started being invited to, to festivals over and over, and so that's what I do now. Largely, it's festival performance, but a lot of those festivals involve, like here, coming in a few days early and doing school performances before we get to the weekend, which is largely then an adult event for Mm -hmm. the weekend. I talked with Mr. Wayne Kirkendall and asked him to explain storytelling, and he said he couldn't. So I'm going to ask you the same thing. Now, what is it about storytelling that makes it unique? Well, a story is what happens any time we have a picture in our head, we want somebody else to see. And we move that picture from our head to someone else's head by telling about it. And then when the other person laughs, that means, I see it, I got it, I see it. And that's what we do all the time in our company with each other. Um, The importance of story is that our stories tell us who we are. And our stories tell other people who we are. You know, we're not an email address. We're not even a job description of what we do. No, we're the story of how our grandparents came from where they came from, you know, what our aunts and uncles lived through, how our parents grew up. You know, all those stories are the stories that define us. And when we hear other people's stories, we make connections with them because we make connections of thinking, oh, my brother was just like that, or or my mother did something like that. And immediately then we go up and we start talking with another person because we're building bridges, and the bridges are just built and built that way. Even when I'm telling stories with kids, I'm telling them stories about things I did when I was their age. And then they come up and tell me about things they did that they think of because of hearing my story. (laughs) So the stories sort of breed continuation. They keep bringing up, you know, memories and thoughts of things that we we did ourselves. So it's almost like an empathetic way to build a connection. Well, it really, really is. It's a real, it's a real connection. So for anybody who hasn't experienced it, can you just pitch to them why they need to experience the Athens Storytelling Festival? Well, the Athens Festival is wonderful. First of all, it's programmed very strongly. They always bring very good tellers here. Uh, No matter who you would hear when you walk into the tent, uh, it's going to be memorable and it's going to be good. And you're going to sit there and say, don't stop now. Keep going, keep going, (laughs) keep going. They're always careful to bring tellers who would appeal to the Athens audience. Mm -hmm. And we get people coming here, say, from Nashville. We have people coming from Texas as far away as there. From Florida, we Mm -hmm. get people coming long distances because they're learning more and more and more about what a wonderful festival this is. Mm -hmm. If I, you know, listed the 10 festivals that are my favorites in the course of a year, this would be one of my top events to come to to come to Athens. So we love that. (laughs) And it's the kind of thing it's odd because, you know, often people think, oh, if that were good, it wouldn't be here. It'd be in Atlanta or it'd be in Nashville or somewhere. No, no. The best storytelling festivals are the ones that are in small towns all over the country. There's not an outstanding storytelling festival in a big city. They're all in small towns. And 
That's because it's uh, it's like watching Andy Mayberry when you move back into those stories because all of us have a rural past somewhere mm-hmm. in our family history. And we go back and we, we tell those stories about where did we come from and who did we come from. And so then when other people hear them and they're telling stories, okay, this is where I came from and this is who I came from. Then, then we're not separate people. We're we're a community of people. That makes sense to me. Well, I appreciate it. Is there anything else you wanted to add for I us? I think that's good. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you. And I just wanted to add that the Athens Virtual Storytelling Festival takes place November twelfth and thirteenth. Tickets are twenty dollars per household, and you can stream it live. But you'll also have access to all of the storytelling videos for two weeks. Go to AthensStorytellingFestival.com for all the details. So check out all the stories, and we'll see you next time on Between the Stacks. You've been listening to Between the Stacks, a podcast from the Athens-Limestone County Public Library. To hear other recordings from our Library Voices podcast series, check out our website at alcpl.org. Library Voices is also now available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts.